Today's episode of Times Ours is brought to you by Central Bank. Through the Great Depression, the Great Recession, and multiple financial downturns, Central Bank has stood up to the test and prevailed. Central Bank has dedicated a legendary customer service to more than 70 communities and more than 140 locations across the Midwest. Learn more at centralbank.net. Take a new look at Central Bank. Everybody's working. Without time, The NFL draft is basically here. I am somehow overprepared and underprepared for this and also just most things going on in the world right now. Welcome to Time Zars here on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. Guys, I don't know how you're doing at this point because I don't know how I'm doing at this point. What I can tell our fabulous listeners is that we could have got this podcast to you at least 45 minutes sooner than whenever you listen to it, but there was a pregame show to the pregame show of this, and, you know, we're figuring things out, and yeah, the draft happened. I mean, I I guess Brett Veach, the general manager, said things for like 40 minutes on a Zoom call, but yeah, I mean, it's Friday by the time you're listening to this, and... Welcome to Draft Weekend, and the idea that, yes, with the first pick in the NFL Draft, Roger Goodell, in a suit and tie and boxers, is going to announce Joe Burrow's name in his basement. <laughs> I I want him. He seems like, you can always see he's always like fighting a smile a little bit at first when people are booing him when he comes out, because guys like that, they don't care. I mean, he doesn't care. It's like, yeah, y'all are booing me. I made $40 million last year. He doesn't care. Uh, And so I'm curious if he's got a sense of humor about it. I wouldn't care if I were him. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be be doing the whole, the old like Ric Flair, whatever, you know, gesturing to people. Come on, louder, put my hand to my ear. But anyway, if he get convinces his family to boo, (laughs) everything I've ever said negative about Roger Goodell, best commissioner in sports right there. If that, if he does that, if he just has like his family, boo. And then someone do the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Those those two things, and it will feel like you're there. So that would be incredibly good. Also, did you seriously just ask if Roger Goodell has a sense of humor? <laughs> you can see you him fighting a that? grin. You could, I think it's Don- a grimace. <laughs> remember when Dontari Poe basically like... I don't know what to him. call what Dontari Poe did to him. <laughs> Kissed him on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you could see he, he was sort of smiling. I, again, I think that there's it's sort of a fight or flight response. And I think his <laughs> response is just sort of grin and read the name on the card. Right. And the terrible thing about Dontari Poe is fight or flight, you were doomed. Because that dude could move for a big guy. Yeah, he could. I just I I wanted Dontari Poe back in free agency. That was the one ridiculous. I don't even care about the defensive line. I wanted him in the backfield. That's all. I just missed Dontari Poe. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird place for the show to start. Do we want to dig into the fact that we did spend forty five minutes on a pre show that could have been a phone call? Look, we're all trying to figure (laughs) out some answers right now. There's you know, there is some questionable decision making (laughs) that I can't reveal. But man, did we question those decisions that were made? The Chiefs are taking a running back in the first round, all right? <laughs> Nate can't say it. I can. Look, DeAndre Swift at 32 is happening at Lockett. Look, uh, you know, I am a lovely colleague to my friends, and I asked <laughs> both one Josh Risco and one Seth Kaiser, hey, you know, 
um, Brett Veach is going to talk to us on a Zoom call. I did not <laughs> anticipate that in a 40-minute Zoom call, only three of us got to ask follow-up, like, like two questions. So basically, I should have came in with like a two-part one question. It's a whole situation. But like I appreciate the Chiefs for putting Brett on camera so that it was a little bit more uh, fluid and, and just natural talking to a human being versus like – you know, from the from the uh, you know from the free throw line, trying to dunk on you know another reporter <laughs> to ask a question, <laughs> which is what happened with Andy Reid. When Andy Reid did the conference call, it was like, wow, he really jumped from the three point corner line to like get that question in. So anyway, like I, you know, we we did it as best we could. Technically, again, shout out to the Chiefs for like you know getting more towards the modernization of you know video conferencing, but. I asked Seth and Josh, any anything you you guys want me to like, you know, pr- pursue with with Mr. Veach, and uh, they both they both said that uh, they're not taking a running back with the first pick, right? <laughs> like, like, right? Like, this is a joke, but this is I serious, just, right? I, <laughs> I just wanted you to to, to get Colin, but yeah, Nate Taylor of the Athletic. Uh, first question. Don't yeah, take I ain't taking a running back, right? <laughs> that's not a question. But you know, Nate, was that a question? No, 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 no. First question, don't take a running back. What are you? So that's a statement. Are you, okay? are you no, drunk? no, no, that's a question. Now, now, can, now go with your answer. <laughs> and your response to my question is? And, and Brett, yes, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, no, you follow that up with, talk about not taking running backs at 33. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, is like, I like I know there are so many mocks that are just like, hey Chiefs. I mean they could use a running back. I mean, sure. They they didn't even do that with like Kareem Hunt and they felt they got like kinda lucky with Kareem Hunt in the third round. Sure, they'll just do it in the first, like when there's clearly other areas of need. But yeah, if the Chiefs draft a running back, just just enjoy these last few minutes of the episode before the week of the draft. I, oh God, I don't. I'm just not ready, man. Like maybe you know, if something happens later on, and they, they think they've got you know their their third round solution to the problem again or whatever, you know, I'll be I won't be catatonic. But at this point, like guys, you know what? At this point, you know what? I just you know, hey guys. Yes, Josh. If the Chiefs take a running back at 32, I'd be shocked. I'm in taser bet territory. It's not happening. Uh oh. It's not gonna happen. Uh oh. Don't don't. Okay. If the Chiefs take a running back in the first round, Seth can drive down from Minnesota, get, say stay six feet away from me, and tase me. There's a taser bet for the off season. Here, it can't here, happen. Because if here, it does happen, I might turn the taser on myself. Here, here, here we go, Josh. What if I? You know, dreamed up a world where not only did Brett Reese take a running back in the first round, he moved up to take the running back in like the twenty fifth pick, can I, and gave like up a future like fourth round. Like, like can I? Can I? Like, yeah. like let's let's give up future picks to also move up to sure. take a running back. Would you? Would you yeah. still be with us next week? Yeah. No. Seth could drive down and then tase me with a gun if that happens. <laughs> Good lord! Oh man, you know I too would much, just say, Josh. Now, now too, now too, we've been careful with our. Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Seth. We we've been pretty careful with our taze bets. Yep. 
And you you you've been cautious. Although the tenant was it the Houston one or the Tennessee one that you said if they lost, I could tase you. That was Houston, right? It was, wasn't Tennessee because it was Tennessee. I'd be on the ground still. <laughs> oh, but um, you. I gotta say, man, I've completely forgot about that and the horrifying after during that first. Yeah, quarter when we Houston. thought, oh, that, that must that must have been a bummer for you. Like, oh yeah, like, oh no, this. This oh, you is, know what? This is, I might have done it for both of those games. I think you did. So I, I'm just saying they also won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and so tradition. So just be careful. I'm just saying he, he, I have no insight into what the Chiefs are doing. I would be very surprised if they took a running back. Would, but you, would, you, be, would be you be like, shocked? <laughs> Would you be stunned, perhaps? <laughs> Shell shocked. Wow! I wonder if all those col- did all those uh, colloquialisms come from being tased? I, I don't know. I'll look like, it up. I'll look it up. He was shooken. Yeah, where where that comes from? Um, shooken, the, just shooken. just for informational purposes. No, um, oh, no. Somebody, I believe, our lovely friend uh, Danny Wolniacki of. KCTV five as well. Niak, there's not. A, well, there's Niak, not a, ah! well, she's no Jody Foster. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my lovely friend, <laughs> my lovely friend Danny, uh, asked Brett Veach, I believe it was her, who said, "Hey, you know, appears to be a pretty deep draft class. You wanna, you wanna, you know, enlighten me with the with the positions you're thinking of that are considered, you know, quite quite uh, quite good this year, and." Um, running backs was not the position that came out of Brett Beach's mouth. So take mm-hmm. it what you will. We're still a week out. But Brett Beach said that offensive linemen, cornerbacks, and wide receivers are what he would say is the, the, the cream of the crop in terms of this draft. And if you're a Chiefs fan, I know this may sound depressing. Start grinding offensive linemen tape. It's It's... It's really not fun because, like, I mean, a pancake's cool every now and then, but, like, does he recognize blitz? Does he recognize stunts? Does he have good leverage? Is he able to readjust? Just, if I'm lulling you to sleep right now because they're not named Eric Fish. Whoa, no. (laughs) Or. (laughs) This is the best part of football. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you're a liar. Look, look, you're a liar. You're a liar. You cover a team with Patrick Mahomes. You cover a team with Patrick Mahomes, and you say you love a good pancake block. Bleep off, Seth. Or, or. No, I love a good blitz pickup, a nice solid punch. Give me a wide base down low. How's this first? Let me see. Let me see a dude with a big. But yeah. go cover, go cover the, the Colts, you fool! All right, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you do not know what you say. All right, let's go cut through all the tapes of uh, of screen passes and let me see these linemen get out and get out in space, fellas. Make make yourself yes! make yourself big. Um, if before we started screaming, if it was lulling you to sleep, which is considerably understandable from me and Josh's standpoint, it it may happen, y'all. They may go interior offensive linemen. And it may bum the living hell out of you if it's a 30-second pick at 11.30 Central Standard Time. Yeah. <laughs> but, because, <laughs> I like, when, yeah. when Brett said that, I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, there could be a lot of good cards that are not valued uh, in the first round the same way linebackers might not be valued in the first round. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Brett, that guy may be all-world 
instant Hall of Famer in 12 years, but nobody's going to enjoy that pick on draft night when they waited four um, hours to see you take an interior guard from some college they did not watch last year. But, hey, it could happen. Um, I don't have specific names by by any means because, you know, I just go on YouTube and watch more highlights of Jerry Judy and lose my mind. But, you know, right. this is where we are. So can I, can I give a counterpoint as far as – look, by the way, I would – I would not be happy, but I would not be catatonic. I would I would be less upset than I would be about a running back, I think, um, because there is a talent drop-off that can eventually come around there. But here's here's the other element of this. With the exception of of uh, one of our, our dearly departed uh, large adult sons, the Chiefs haven't really done a lot in that regard, especially at guard, in mm. terms of LDT was, was a sixth. He was a sixth-round draft pick. The same year, they also drafted Zach Fulton in the sixth. Those both worked out really well. Andrew yep. Wiley was an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Ryder comes out of nowhere. Mitch Morse is the exception. He was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. But also, he came in to be the starting center. Immediately. Um, yeah, right. On day one. Immediately. Yeah. I think he beat out Eric Cush that year. But, like, that's a name I haven't thought about in a minute. But, I mean, you can go – unless you go back to 2012 – they go Jeff Allen and Donald Stevenson on back-to-back picks. Talk about a barn burner, yeesh. Um, but but Eric Cush, yeah, here he is, sixth-round draft pick, and he actually like competed for that spot for a little bit. With with the exception of Mitch Morse as interior guys, with the exception of Eric Fisher as one-one in 2013, they they don't really go offensive linemen early. I and mean, even the last couple of years, Khalil McKenzie. And Nick Allegretti were their last picks in those years right. as those developmental interior prospects. Obviously, McKenzie didn't work out. Allegretti, TBD. Um, but I, cause I've thought about that a lot, Nate, it, it, for, for similar reasons. Yeah. And, it makes, and I'm just – I would be surprised. It, it makes a lot of sense for them to maybe say, hey, maybe we target that in the second and the third round. Um, I know mm-hmm. that that was something, you know, I, I waited until like their fifth pick in the draft, I think in my mock draft 1.0, which, you know, potentially there's a 2.0 next week. Cause what else am I going to do with my time? But Whoa. I, I think did Seth just sneeze. Cause he was so excited about your mock. He draft? did. He, he lost. It. I was, I backed away from the mic to make it easy for Danielle to delete it. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. So I, I, I'm still on the boat of, hey, um, let's 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 put put the phone down if you're thinking running back. Let's you know let's maybe cool it on the offensive lineman because fans ain't gonna load that at 32. But again, I think Mitchell Schwartz was like a second round pick, so you can get value in the second and the third round with those guys. I'm still, I want to lead the charge and shout to a team in the 20 to 27 range to not take a linebacker just. Find, find, figure out a way for Brad Veach, Andy Reid, hell, take it even up to Clark Hunt. Figure out a way to prevent teams from taking a linebacker if I was thinking about it from yeah. the long-term future because um, Brad Veach made the good point, and I think fans forget this all the time. Um, he made the good point today that you're not just drafting for next year. Although mm-hmm. last year he was clearly drafting for next year like that. so yeah. like it doesn't it, 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 you can always like you know massage it the way you want last year he was like okay Juan's gotta work McCole's gotta work hell uh Colin Saunders has gotta work Nick Allegretti may play y'all hell I don't know but like all these dudes better work by the way they kind of all worked um so yeah 
this year, he's like, don't look at it as just they have to play well next year. We've got to think about this four years out because, yes, Patrick Mahomes is going to make all the money. So just get a linebacker who could be good for like two to three years because I don't know who that player is currently on the roster unless you think Anthony Hitchens has the durability of Derek Johnson, which we don't know if that's true or not. Um, Seth, I do want to allow you to talk um, and not just sneeze in the background. <laughs> but the one thing on, on that before I before I pass it over to to my esteemed colleague Seth Kaiser is is you mentioned the the Anthony Hitchens thing and the the looking ahead while also wanting to improve the team currently. Linebacker to me seems like one of the spots more so than the others. Both that, of them. what? Both of them. You can do both things. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but you did interrupt me and the flow of the podcast to yell, so that's... With a he got uh, game quote. That's... Okay. I didn't get that reference. Nate, did you get that reference? No. <laughs> Please don't make me explain it. It's a really inappropriate scene. So, Seth, what was the re- what was the scene? I can't. I genuinely, <laughs> literally cannot. Cause it's Nate, are you so Googling the scene? <laughs> Guys, wait! Okay, I- whoa, whoa! I, I, I'm not supposed to have consequences for my actions. I, I'm on a, <laughs> I am on a athletic issued laptop, so I just want to move on with my day. Also, I'm answering that's the question. Fair. Also, I'm answering a question from our from our from our editor Brendan. So I feel like that takes precedent. So that's good. No, you do that. You do that. You move on with your with your life. I'm gonna move on with my point, and then we'll go to Seth when we feel like it. Seth. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for raising my voice. But what I was, I mean, Seth did make the point though, is that I, I think at linebacker more than the other, the other spots, if it's, if it's Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray or Zach Bond, one of those guys could play with Anthony Hitchens and also play with him in 2021. Cause Anthony Hitchens and Frank Clark are the two dudes who are definitely on the cap in 2021. <laughs> Um, that's it as of right now. Like everybody's flexible as of this moment, except for those two dudes who are definitely here. Um, you can play beside him for two years and then take right. that spot if it works out, which is one reason that I've really, I've really been optimistic about linebacker. Seth Kaiser, what are your thoughts? Please don't make an inappropriate reference. This is a family show. <laughs> it is. Um, sometimes my past just, just comes up and grabs me. It's very weird. So anyway, uh, I agree with you on linebacker. You you can do both. You you can address needs now, maybe in a more specific skill set way, and address improving the team down the road once a player becomes more complete. So uh, a guy I would love, like if Patrick Queen is available at 32, I think they should, you know, hypothetically, rhetorically, in virtually, sprint up to the podium and yeah. grab him. I, I love Queen's skill set, and he's a little light for what uh, Spagnolo likes, even in his will linebackers. He seems to want guys who are a little bit bigger. But basically, what I see in Queen, I see a dude with Dorian O'Daniel's athleticism, maybe not quite as fast top speed, because Dorian O'Daniel's more like a safety. Like, that dude can mm-hmm. move. But he also is stronger against blocks, way better in run fits, patient, and just more technically sound. And so, it's like if you had Dorian O'Daniel, gave him another 10 pounds maybe 15, maybe, and made him more like a linebacker, right? Than like some hybrid kind of dude. And so he can immediately jump in and we could have a linebacker who's capable of covering running backs out of the backfield. Wouldn't that be yeah. something? Yeah. Um, you know, And then you wouldn't have to run these three or four safety sets 
out of necessity. And so uh, a point that I made um, while I was uh, recording something with Danny, who you guys mentioned already. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your last name? Give it a shot. Oh boy. Uh, I think it's it's Welniaka. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're just adding random vowels at the end of her name. Right? Well, Nakanzi. <laughs> <Is that word? laughs> um. Anyway, she can she she can never know about this segment, this show. She can never oh, know this happens. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did actually inform her that when we had our talk about our Kansas City media Hunger Games, that after we oh, disqualified Herbie. She she's was the winner, seed. and she she was very flattered. Yeah. She said, "Sometimes when all this is over, she's gonna have all Kansas City media come over for like a barbecue thing. We're gonna have a spear throwing contest, and someone Ooh. is absolutely going to, to die. die on yeah. accident. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> taken one through the neck, and yeah. you know it just is what it is. I'd so, like to throw my hat in the ring as the person who is like surprisingly competent at it right before I get impaled." Yeah, I could see that. You could yeah. like you're right at the peak of your existence before just yeah. shunk right in the eye. Yeah, before um, I get shish kebabbed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Josh kebabbed. So <laughs> here's the interesting thing with you were too with please with that. <laughs> I was so happy with that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so so. Oh, man. Okay, I got to. So a wife says to her husband, I've got a tension headache. He says, honey, I think I pay plenty of attention to you. That's a good joke right there. It's a good dad joke. Your jokes are getting worse. Attention headache. Anyway, so the thing with Patrick Queen is, you oddly enough. You had to say that. You tried not to say that, and then you were, like, forced to. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Um, that was That was a very Michael Scott moment for me where it's just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I have to. And you guys don't understand what it's like when you're sitting in court and you literally can't because, like, you will lose your job if you say what you're thinking in that moment. Like, you know, I'm not saying this happened to me today, but theoretically, like, a judge issues a ruling and the first thing that pops in your head is, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> and you will literally get sent to jail and probably disbarred. And you Listen. so you just say nothing. So Listen, then the rest you, of the day, stuff just pops out. You say you say you don't know what it's like to think something and then you want to say it, but it would probably make you lose your job. You say that to Nate Taylor and myself on this podcast. I mean, exactly. we know. We know. We, you, what, do you, what do you think Nate and I wanted to say after that tension headache joke? That was such a... Okay, you know what? This is like the Great White Sharkle Tunnel thing all over again. I wanted to find a way to, to, to seamlessly transition from tension in... Seth Kaiser's brain to tension in Clark Hunt's own home. Cause can we? Can, Whoa! Can we? Holy crap! Can we find? Here, here's what I'm thinking. So Brevis today. I'm so afraid. Brevis today mentioned that not only is that IT person, you know, you gotta get your technology right. Gotta get that bandwidth. Secure the logins. Get that Zoom running, although they're probably going to use WebEx for security purposes. But, like, you know, they've, they've, they've sent monitors to Clark Hunt, and they're also going to send a security person along with an IET person. Uh, I'm sure Tavia is going to be just fine, you know, watching the broadcast of the draft. But ultimately, a lot of draft questions and answers come down to, like, what does Clark Hunt think? Or is Clark Hunt empowering 
the front office? Is he powering the coach? Who does he, you know, if the coach wants someone and the GM wants someone, eh, it's Clark Hunt's team. Who he going to pick? All I'm saying yeah. is, from a secure standpoint, because I know Clark loved being in the draft room. I mean, I think all of us would in a lot of ways. Uh, Clark loved being in the draft room. But being isolated by himself and trying to, like, I just all the images in my head of how this draft could go haywire are a plenty. Yeah. And so I just hope that, like, Andy Reid's basement is secure. Brett Veach's basement is secure. Clark Hunt basement gotta be secure <laughs> in terms of like if you're gonna trade down if you're gonna pick a pick if you're gonna pick a player are you gonna like move on to day two like it a lot of this is fascinating to me and i know it's going to be a tense moment for clark hunt and other owners nice. and so it's just fascinating to me to kind of get that perspective of it because you know even for like reporters like Whenever a team makes a pick, usually the person will come down and we're all in the same area of the stadium or the facility. Now you're going to try to do that over, like, multiple computers and, and like, video <laughs> conferencing. And it it's just, like, bizarre. And, by the way, the Chiefs haven't taken a first-round pick since Patrick Mahomes in 2017. <laughs> Chiefs fans have been That's dying incredible. for the next first-round pick. And, by the way, keep Clark Hunt awake. Keep him secure, and who is he gonna pick? Because ultimately, I think we all forget it's Clark Hunt's team. Yeah, man, I could not be trusted with that kind of power. We know. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm glad you know. Hey, I did have an actual cogent thought on Patrick Queen, though. So, one interesting thing: Chiefs are doing, you know, Operation Run It Back and all that. They've brought back virtually everyone, right? Mm-hmm. One player who saw a ton of snaps last year, Kendall Fuller, won't be back. Yep, that's virtually it, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else, they, they they're running it back. Um, the interesting thing about a guy like Queen or another running or running back, another linebacker who can cover, is with the way Fuller's role changed to like a hybrid safety type player, you actually can replace a lot of those snaps with a linebacker who can cover. Because now you don't have to shift to a three or four safety set when you're in nickel or dime because you can't just, you know, last year they, after the debacle against Green Bay and some really bad snaps against a few other teams, you saw Spagnola was just like, man, I cannot put my linebackers in coverage on running backs. I just can't do it. Can't put them in man. It ain't going to work. Whereas a Patrick Queen, you can even have him cover tight ends. Not all tight ends. Like, you know, can you imagine how we'd react if someone put a linebacker on Kelsey? It would be hilarious. But a lot of tight ends, you can. And running backs, and you can have him play man. He, he can cover, you know, up the seam better because he can backpedal more quickly, even if he uh, bites on a play-action fake. So that allows you to kind of replace Kendall Fuller's snaps seamlessly while adding to your to your your diversity both schematically and personnel wise so that's why i love the idea of a linebacker who can actually cover um yeah it was a cogent thought and the dismount was just was just real you, <laughs> yeah you, the dis- you did the trick and you face planted on the mat <laughs> <laughs> i did no i i i hammered these the, those what is that that upper and lower the uneven bars i yes. killed that routine and then i just <laughs> yo, wham 
on the dismount. Seth, you know what I think would help you? What would help me, Josh? I think if you are more hydrated, this might not be such a problem. And certainly, I'm dehydrated because we spent 45 minutes before this show doing a pre-show show that wasn't even about the show show. I introduce now Hydrant. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine. That's waking up early, setting your goals for the day, exercising, meditation, whatever. But you can't always do it all. I mean, not right now. Do we all have a little more time than we used to? Yeah, probably. But Seth doesn't. Seth has to get from one place to another and then make sure he gives an appropriate amount of time before the podcast actually starts. Also, somebody called Tom Brady. Ring, ring. Tom, hey, do you have any facts for me? Oh, 75% of us are walking around every day in everyday life chronically dehydrated? That sounds like something Tom Brady would talk about. In fact, I think he did on Howard Stern. I don't think he was talking about Hydrant, but he probably should have been. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you can mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydrant mix has four essential electrolytes, all four of them, the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day long. It's backed by research also, which is a really nice perk. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic coloring or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan. You can choose between three different flavors or I think I would go for the variety pack and Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. You say, wow, that's a great deal. I'm chronically dehydrated. I would love if my hydration was more effective and also tastier. And that is really an excellent price. But could we knock off a little bit more? Could we knock off 10% of that? No, we can't. We can knock off 25%. For 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME. It can probably make Seth better. That's the, I'm just kind of do the thing where I give them a free tagline and we see if they take it or not. Ouch. And who's, and who's, I and, actually thought you were going to, I thought you were going to start that with like, you know, really successful people, you know what they credit their success with? Being hydrated. I thought that was honest <laughs> to God what the read was. And I was, I was going to stop you. I was saying, no, we're not letting this company do this to themselves. We're not. No, no, no one says that. But fortunately, that's not what the read was. So never mind. No. And you know what? Morning routines are important. So there you go. But that's where I thought you were going with that. My my morning routine is having a rough go of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad, you know. Yeah, it's not good. It'd be better if I had hydrant. I bet I should probably do that promo code time. I bet it would. Yeah, I bet it absolutely exactly. would. Get that. Mind they have a right. caffeinated version that I discovered last time, and I still I need to just I need to push the button. Twenty five percent off. Sorry, Nate. It's not like you're gonna say something, so I got out of the way because I you know. I, I'm happy to be trampled by Seth, but I try to leave room for the teammates. You know, yeah, I'm, better, right. I'm going to be a better teammate than yeah, him. Yeah, we got to We got to space the floor, fellas. Um, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we're all trying to dunk on the free throw line. That's that's the problem. We're all trying to dunk on the free throw line. Twenty-four-seven. I'm just standing in the paint, like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> like, clear out, clear out. Did y'all need me to move? Yes. What? What do you mean? Yeah. Pick? Yeah. Pick? What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What do you mean three, three seconds? Yeah, what, do you, I was what? Like, what do you mean three seconds? I've been here all afternoon. <laughs> yeah, what? 
Um, I don't know. I, I feel the the other the other thing that like um I I feel is 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 valid um in all of this is like I know we're a week away from the draft. I know people are like oozing excitement. Um, I I feel like you know one comment that. Uh, Veach said today that kind of went. I don't know if it went underrated or not underrated. I don't know if it went under the under the radar. Um, but I feel like you know, Brett Veach still wants to sign Chris Jones to a long term contract. Mm-hmm. I know this pleases one Seth Kaiser. <laughs> um, again, I, I I I'm interested to see where we are on Thursday, particularly Wednesday. I should say, like, yeah. will anybody? try to jump to get Chris Jones. I don't, again, I don't know who that team is. It's really hard to figure that out based on cap situation. Chris Jones filling a, a specific need for a team on the defensive line that isn't like, you know, in the top 10 of the draft. Um, but it appears that like the Chiefs, the way Beach answered the question um, makes me feel like they're going to push this all the way through July because they have really no reason to if they don't trade Chris Jones. Um, you know, Veach said that the deadline to get a deal done is July 15th. Uh, we can certainly work to maintain him. Um, he wants to do it not just for, obviously, the upcoming season, but for the future. But I thought that that was something that it, it didn't sound like there was urgency on either end to really get a deal done before July 15th. So my... You know, for fans who are wondering what's going on with Chris, I think outside of something bizarre happening before the draft, because really no teams have, like, made, I think, a significant offer for Chris Jones, based on my understanding. So when the draft is done and you get through, like, the initial wave of, like, hey, who are some of the top undrafted free agents that might make the roster if we have a training camp, um, the next deadline basically is, like, mid-July uh, for them to get a deal done with the understanding that, you know, Whenever Dak Prescott is supposed to get his deal done from Jerry Jones, that will immediately, you know, set the time on Patrick Mahomes. I, uh, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, fellas. I think they're going to sign Patrick Mahomes to a mega deal before next season starts. So Chris is just kind of like in this weird position where he could be traded. I don't think it's likely at this point, but they aren't rushing to like get a deal done to like open up more cash space. If that's what you're wondering. Uh, from a fan perspective, yeah. right? And then I, I did. Nate, I did think we, that was interesting. Uh, that's the you, you take the ball <laughs> here. Bounce uh, pass. Nate, Chris you've mentioned pass. this. You've mentioned this in the past. Um, Jones has said he won't play on the tag. Yeah, I don't anticipate that happening. Right? No. <laughs> I just wanted to be Mm-mm. sure that that Mm-mm. was still so because there's there's a lot of questions people have about this situation and that's why that july 15th that that is gonna matter because i i it sounds like jones is willing to dig in on that one like he's like no yeah well it's it's really it's really something worth considering yeah and it's really the only leverage he has right like significant i should say or like reasonable um he doesn't have to really speed it up if he's okay with where he is right now um i think from a representation standpoint of Jones, uh, you know, you don't get, I'm just going to, you know, unless you're Javion Clowney and unless your coach is Bill O'Brien and unless it becomes a complete, utter disaster, 
usually a team is not trading you on the franchise tag with you not wanting to go there or not willing to cooperate. Um, you know, that's what happened with obviously uh, Frank Clark last year. D4 went through a similar situation. If you are franchise tagged and then traded, the assumption is you're going to sign a long-term contract because why would anybody trade for you? So I think if you're representing Chris Jones right now, you see where the market is. You know you're on a Super Bowl championship team. You know you still have leverage in terms of a long-term contract. And that deadline is going to approach. And at some point, you got to figure it out. With the understanding is, if that deal does not get done on July 15th, you don't show up. And it's it's going to suck because, like, your boy's with Frank. And you love Tyron. And you love Spagnolo, <laughs> And you like playing football. And they pay you to play football. But, like, you know... It's it's a hard situation, but that's the leverage he has. What the understanding is that, like, you know, Andy Reid, as I've said before publicly, has floated out, why don't you take a hometown discount? And, like, I don't know. I don't know how good that's going to go over. But hopefully they find the middle if you're a Chiefs fan. And it won't be as chaotic as it's been in other places because what you don't want is what exactly happened to Jay, uh I can't say anybody's name to Clowney where it's too late. You missed the deadline. He doesn't want to be there. Um, apparently everybody hates Bill O'Brien. We've mentioned this several times before and he has to trade you for like dimes on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to end up trading him for like a, you know, a bag of chips. Um, but you know, it, it, it makes sense that they would play hardball with him. He's not a superstar like Sammy Watkins. So. <laughs> Oh, such a velvet, such a velvet touch on that, on that finger roll that you just <laughs> rolled us through. Oh, the the analogies are resplendent. I do like Sammy Watkins. I feel bad. I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed by that. Does your coach it's going to perpetually annoy me? Does your coach draw up offensive plays or does he draw up defensive plays, Seth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Reed is a fan of the offensive side of the ball. That has become apparent recently. Like Chris Jones at home, like, man, they signed Demarcus back and I can't get paid. Let me like, let me let me let me ask you this, Seth. What position did they take? Did they take an offensive player first in the draft last year or a defensive player in the draft last year? Well, I believe it was an offensive player. Yes, it was. <laughs> and what position did they that offensive player play? That dude was a, a receiver who receives widely. Yes. And so that's maybe that's I hope they quadruple down on it. I'm telling you, I actually just got done explaining why. Hey, they might as well take a receiver at 32 and just get nuts. I I wouldn't hate it. I personally am done with this show, but I know there are more things we could talk about. How, how about we've just how, we've we've just been on this call for two hours. And so the fact that we're only 45 minutes into the podcast is really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Would you okay? Let, let me let me let me uh, let me get us arguing. I've got another topic. Okay, go for it. Too, it's fine. Okay, that's great. Uh, Nate, you wrote about uh, DeAndre Washington and Ricky Seals Jones. They both had interesting stories about how they ended up in Kansas City. Please talk about football. I'm going to mute my microphone. Who knew that Demetrius Harris was still, you know, helping out the Chiefs? I mean, that's the right. That's the biggest. I unmuted my microphone. That's the biggest uh, thing I learned in this. Is that uh. You know, Ricky Seals-Jones was teammates with Demetrius Harris on the Browns. This is also your reminder that the Cleveland Browns had a ton of talent and still couldn't, still couldn't score 
uh, enough points. Because uh, when I look at Ricky Seals, and I know Seth broke him down uh, on the film. I mean, dude is like super talented in the passing game and could be yeah. could be a real option. Um, you know, playing with other you know stars around him that gives him one on one opportunity. So it makes sense. Um, but yeah, Demetrius Harris basically said that like, hey, Coach Reed's cool. Patrick Mahomes is awesome, and why are you calling me? Sign the contract, fool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Dude, what are, you- what are you doing? What are you, what do you want me to say? Um, yeah. And for DeAndre Washington, I just think, like, now we have a real competition, again, whenever training camp starts, between, you know, are you a fan of Darwin Thompson? Uh, are you a fan of... Of DeAndre Washington, obviously Patrick Mahomes is. They were former teammates at Texas Tech in 2015, and then I think you know he often is forgotten. But he had an injury uh, towards the end of last season. Daryl Williams, who are you going to pick out of those guys who could be our you know ready back two to Damian Williams? And so the Chiefs have wisely figured out a way that like all these guys are in their prime. All these guys are only you know here for one year, so it's a it's a trial one for both parties, the team and, and the player. Um, and can they fill a specific role or need if an injury is involved or if you just need to get somebody open on a design play where the defense isn't anticipating it? Because, of course, you're not looking at Ricky Seals Jones because there's Travis Kelsey over there. So I think <laughs> I, I think that's a lot of the thought process when I look at how they've tried to, you know, integrate some some talent some new talent into the offense it's like hey like when i look at it on film deandre washington looks really good in space catching the ball on either short routes or routes or plays that are you know designed screens and of course andy Reid is a screen master so it makes sense um i just feel like i didn't know demetrius harris really loved his time in kansas city i didn't talk to him a ton because he was kind of leaving as i was joining the 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 beat but yeah i mean it tells you the level of respect and admiration that people in the league as over as a whole just have for the Chiefs. And I don't know if you could have said that. I mean, when was the last time you could say under a different regime, you know, remove Brett V, Chandy Reed, obviously Patrick Mahomes, like when the Chiefs were this high respected in the league to where guys who are talented can't take a one-year deal with a specific role but know that they're going to have an opportunity to sort of – you know, create a bigger market for themselves if the team is ultimately successful. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. You can read you can read Nate's article up on The Athletic right now. Um, and then also, Seth, I want to give you a chance to talk about what you wrote this week before we, we take on a little Twitter debate that is kind of fun. Um, but you wrote about the, the best moments of the season. Yeah. You did, of course, have some horrible – you had some horrible misses. You had some very bad rankings, but that's your prerogative. Jeez. Your salesmanship is awful. Oh, Disagree. Now, yeah. people want to go see what it was. My salesmanship there was great. You, it, that was one of, you know, these 10 weird tricks that your doctor doesn't want you to know about available on The Athletic right now. Go look at Seth's list. <laughs> 10 weird. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. Um, Just an so, ad. These, this will make the, it's like, yeah. this one weird fruit is a, like a power wash for your insides. That one shows up. Right. That's a real ad. Seth owned this article with facts and logic, you know, stuff so what like I'm that. Saying, I get it. What I'm saying now is, like, you won't believe what this child actor looks like now, in parentheses, click, it's sad. Click, 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 you, click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe what Seth Kaiser didn't have on his list of the top 15 best moments of the Chiefs season. Scroll, scrolling, scrolling, nice. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 
<laughs> Theathletic.com slash times ours for 40% off. So I did the, I, I, I've done already the 15 through eight. And then this last one was some honorable mentions, which honorable mentions includes wasp, which has Josh. All furious. Kinds of <laughs> and, yeah. and the Sammy Watkins touchdown also from the AFC championship game, I think might've been a top five moment from this season. And you're like, yeah, it's like top 20. Probably. I don't know. I didn't think about it too hard. It's like, what are you it- doing? It was, I couldn't include, like, six from the same game. Your words mean things, Seth. You can't (laughs) just say stuff like that's not a top 15 moment from the season. Well, that's just absolutely not true. None of what I say means anything. I thought Juan Thornhill wasn't going to be good. What do I know? I don't know what I'm talking about. Seth, 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 anyway, not so loud. Not so loud. Not so hush, Seth, hush. Seth oh, right. I was going to bring that up. You know, I, I, was, I put a lot of work into these film reviews. I was going to mention that next week during the draft so that I could also mention that I had, <laughs> at no point had I ever heard Rashad Fenton's name. Saw him at rookie minicamp and was like, what am I missing? To then he becomes an integral <laughs> part of the defense and wins the Super Bowl. So, hey, yeah. you know, we could have saved that for just, next week. There's no way of knowing. Fenton looked unplayable. He looked in lost. Training camp. I mean, like oh, he was, was so lost. I didn't good for I him. Didn't find him until like week seven. Yeah, yeah. And then they and then they get him. They get him the very first time he played. He played well. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, who's that guy? That can't be Fenton. Yeah. So all right. So I I looked at the the top ones. Here's again, Wasp. Uh, best does not just mean most important. And Wasp was a great moment, but it was also overshadowed by the fact that it was just one play after a bunch of bad ones. And it was like, oh, it's nice, but was that just luck? Who knows? And so it just it just missed the cut. Watkins touchdown, that game was over, man. It was over. Much like, you know, Chiefs fans will get this because they've watched the Super Bowl mic'd up repeatedly. That game over, man. That game over, man. Sorry, I'm channeling my little date, my my inner Damian Williams. Which, by the way, Damian Williams could be some kind of orator. He is just, I have never been more sure of anything in my life than I was sure that that ball was over. When I heard the way he was saying it. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I mean, I watched the game and I knew the result. But anyway, so the the game was over. That's the Watkins. And I already had multiple other moments. I mean, Josh, am I going to take away the Frank Clark interview after the AFC Championship? That was, come on. Seth, number three on your list is the end of the national anthem. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Dude, why do you hate America for one? That's it. It's, it <laughs> Seth, you, you know this. It's not that I hate the America and it's not that I hate America. It's that I hate the military and the troops and doctors and nurses and teachers and families. And I hate all of you those should, they, puppies you and should kittens. Prob- do you, you should probably work do on you that. Hate, do you hate fishes taking a knee? I I hate I hate everything except for the oh, things that man, I don't I hate. Forgot about that. <laughs> I hate oh, I that hate, was I hate oh, bald eagles. How and I, and I how? hate the fact that they. <laughs> for frame That's of reference, cut, if people don't remember this, yeah, this was just Peta's Google, commercial. Google Look up Peta Super Bowl Colin commercial. Kaepernick commercial, and they were trying. They thought they were doing something epic here, and it is the funniest three minutes. Of anything I've ever watched. Yeah. I just lost my mind People, the entire yeah, time. It was so funny. Whether you're conservative, liberal, whatever end you are, you will die of laughter watching. So the this. reason why I yeah, the, I, the reason why I mentioned that is fish, a fish a fish taking a knee during the national anthem is the only thing that I like, actually. It's the only thing that makes me feel anymore. Like Colin Kaepernick tried to make like the world better for a fish to take a knee. Anyway, <laughs> 
The only reason why I mentioned that is because it was it was it came out like the week of Super Bowl week, and I will just there are a lot of things that I will probably forget over time as we get further away from Super Bowl Fifty Four. I know Chiefs fans don't want to think about that, but like I will never forget that fish getting on that knee for all of animals. Um, my my favorite my favorite moment uh, to argue with Seth. My my favorite moment that I would have moved up a little higher because I think people don't. Forget it, but I think they missed the the significance of it. Y'all, Patrick Mahomes is a lovely young man who, by and large, presents joy to everyone. But if you think this man forgot about Mitch Trubisky, yeah, and when he counted, he don't for like when he counted to ten, it was the first moment of Patrick Mahomes' young career and it was it was incredible because no one saw it coming and he did it on national television and uh, that was the moment I realized okay the Chiefs may they may be okay in the AFC because if he's doing this on prime time two weeks before the playoffs he appears to be healthy and guess what kids he was healthy yeah, well, and I did make that number. 10 you did make it number ten. I would have put it in like it was, the top three or four because I the more I, it, the more I think it, of the season as felt, a whole, that was like a turning point for me. It was just like okay, the, they they torched the Bears. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. The two seat was still kind of up in the air, but it didn't matter because Patrick Mahomes was like, "I'm good. I'm fine." Yeah, I'm so good, and that I made it ten because it felt like it kind of fit. You know, he counted the ten, right, so right. it was number ten. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Which just goes to show how this is just shows how meaningful these <laughs> rankings are. But <laughs> it's like, oh, that number seems about right. Well, that's no worse than Joe Posnanski putting. You know, Dimaggio was number fifty-seven what? all time. What is his name? Can this show get <laughs> unnamed right? How do you pronounce his name? Did you just make him Posnanski? <laughs> what happened? I did the best I could, Josh. That's what happened. Much Be like, better. Much like, you know what? That fish did not take a knee so you could talk to me like this. That fish is a shame. I just want to defend one thing here. Um, check out the article. I think, I really think, especially in today's world where if you're listening to this show and you've made it this far in, you are looking for a distraction and you maybe need some help, honestly. But, I, so... I mean, read the article. You'll have a lot of fun. You really will. It's so fun reliving these memories because when you're reliving them, you're not as tense as you are during the game. Yeah, and so sure. I will defend this, though. Number three, home of the Chiefs at the Super Bowl. I- I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry you're dead inside. I'm sorry the only thing <laughs> yeah. we can make you feel is that fish on a knee. But you can't. that was like when it was real because, like, I have wanted to hear home of the Chiefs at the Super Bowl. And it was, I was like, man, hopefully it's sort of loud. No, it hopefully was loud. You just hear it yeah. a little. And it was deafening. It was awesome. And so I, I just think that was an incredible moment. Maybe, maybe I enjoy the whole home of the Chiefs thing more than other people do. But it's something that's super unique. Yes. To, to Kansas City pregame stuff. And it's just one of the most fun things. Like, I, I get a kick out of when I bring people to their first Chiefs game, like my wife or my friend Isaac's wife, Joe. Like, they didn't know that Chiefs fans do that, and it scared the daylights out of them. And it's just, it's it's such a cool, unifying thing. And so, it made it to number three, and I'm not dead inside. I, I 
I'm going to get tweets about how I hate America. I can already see the tweets coming. The, They're already here. the national anthem. And to Seth's point, and and it's true, there were you know there's thousands of media members that cover the Super Bowl. Um, a good portion of them have come have you know have visited Arrowhead Stadium and have at least you know come to watch one Chiefs game and obviously report on the team. But it's another thing when you you know you travel to a to a neutral site location. It's the biggest sporting event in our country, and all of a sudden you're reminded that like, oh yeah, these people haven't been here in 50 years because <laughs> that's what that that's what that yeah. sound is. That sound was we have not been here in 50 years. <laughs> that would have been really hard to say in that time. Period. Right, and so like for Peter King, who you know we all admire and respect and have a ton of admiration for, it surprised him because you know he's been covering Super Bowls. For decades, and you know, even he, you know, who's got all the football insight and history and contextual knowledge of anyone, he was just like, "Oh yeah, that's right, they do that." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, <laughs> fifty years, doc. They haven't been here in fifty years. Yeah, it's very cool. It's just not as cool as the fact that they're going to the Super Bowl, which we knew, and never Sammy Watkins caught that touchdown. Um, but you know, that's that's fine, Seth. Do you guys remember that a snake took a knee in that video? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> a snake. I, I think a bumblebee a took a. Oh, did the bee take a knee too? Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. A, there was a spider in there. I yeah. Mean, oh, it's so it's bad. So guys. Good. It's like. I mean, the the best. Peta just doesn't. They don't get it. <laughs> okay, not that I was supposed to mention Tiger King, but when I think of, when I think of Peta, all I think about is a fish on a knee in Tiger King. That's all I think about. <laughs> Okay. Now I want you to I want listener, I want you to ask yourself who was the Carol Baskins of the NFL? And if you can forward those messages to me on Twitter, no. that would be appreciative. Who's the Carol Baskins of the NFL? Just just a question for you to ponder on. Can I give an I answer? Absolutely. Can I give an answer? I know for a fact who people are. Oh, let's say. go. It's Bill O'Brien. <laughs> well He he's feed, he's feeding his love to Sean Watson to the Tigers. <laughs> His football spouse, Deshaun Watson, he's put into a meat grinder and chucked it in with the cats. <laughs> he drew up oh, a fake is... punt of double digits <laughs> in a playoff game. And we're not talking second half, y'all. we talking second quarter. Oh, what are you doing? So... Look, I know Bill O'Brien oh, hates he me. Was... I know he will never give me an interview. That's okay, because again, sorry. his glasses are I'm still sorry. on the top of his head right now, wherever he is. <laughs> like, oh, I man. mean, who, who's who's your answer, Seth? If it isn't, um, if it isn't Bill O'Brien, there's no other. Oh, okay, look. okay, come on. I, I just look Bill O'Brien, and then the fact that like I, I was looking at a response to Ross Tucker in one of his articles, and there was someone named like Will O'Brien <laughs> or something crazy like that. That was answering actually, like Seth, 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 Seth. It was it was a fake name, so like he switched the first and last letters of uh, the first letter of his yeah, first and last name. It was but so it's bad. Still, it's still it's just Bill and Brian. Still, it's the same it, thing. It was so it's obviously Bill a burner Brian. account, and he's like, you know, it's worth noting that they've made the playoffs multiple years, and there's probably a plan in 
place behind the scenes. People don't know everything that's going on. It's like, dude, come on, Bill. Stop it. Like, you are embarrassing all of us. This was like watching a scene from, like, The Office. And not, like, the later Office where it became more, like, you know, kind of a sweet story. But, like, season one where you're watching it and you're dying inside. It was bad. So, anyway, that's just, that's my thoughts there. (laughs) Man, my dismounts are awful. That's what I think, guys. (laughs) Jeez. Golly, I talk for a living. You know. To, like, judges and stuff. You know, the the draft is only, like, less than six days by the the time this has been recorded. (laughs) Josh, oh do we God. have time to do the, 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 the pro football talk debate? No, we'll do it next week. Aww. We don't have time. We're over an hour, Seth. Do you want, you want to keep going? Yeah, but let's face it. One of these segments is getting cut, and we know which one. <laughs> so you're saying we have seven minutes left? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got, we got, we got seven, seven minutes that we spent talking about something pocket. that Danielle's like, <gasps> So here's here's my situation. If I'm looking through my 1984 draft guide, not the playbook. Remember, we've moved on from that in October. But if I'm looking for the eight, 1984 draft guide, what I'm telling people is, look, you you got to take that tackle. You got to take that. You got to protect the blind side. Disregard. Disregard the right tackle. Okay? He don't matter. Is this the end of the show? <laughs> Disregard that. Now, what we also need, and I know, I know this is contradictory. I know this is zigging while everybody <laughs> out here is zagging. Get me a go read Dane Brugler's draft guide. I have to say that in the show. Go get me <laughs> go ahead, a Nate. tight end who is run heavy and making pancakes. Why do I want to pass to a tight end when he's supposed to be on the end of the line, protecting the line and killing linebackers? That's in my. It's an incredible draft guide. It's an incredible draft guide. You go to look up Dane Brugler on the Athletic or on Twitter. It's great. I was using it during the show. Keep going, Nate. Also, if you're gonna get a four technique fella, he's got to be able to play the three tech too. Okay, like why are you trying? Theathletic.com/slash/timesars for forty percent off your first. Why are you trying to specialize this? And also, by the way, I I know Deion Sanders. Might be good one day. He might be good one day. I'm looking for a big man who can push you at the line of scrimmage and cover five to ten yards. Who throwing the ball over the top these days, huh? Huh? It's about <laughs> bending and not breaking and winning on the line in the red zone, okay? I need goal line defenses. Give me all the defensive linemen you got. By the way, um, the Raiders' success in the 80s, young fellas. Look, look, listen to me. Listen to me. The Raiders... The Raiders had one of the best punters of all time in the 80s. Why don't we look about getting one of those punters? Why don't we look at getting one of them punters? Like Daniel Day-Lewis this. Come back, Nate. You're too deep. Come. <laughs> He's lost in the character. Nate's gone. Nate's gone. Nate. All we have is old school football guy. Let's see. He will appear in the next, in the next Avengers movie. <laughs> oh, my God. It's at the end. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>